Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. NBC Sports, Football Morning and American columnist Peter King. What do you think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of NFL Super Friends here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ. Also here over there in LA, where his video background on YouTube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast is perfect for the three-person dimension here, because it just, it, it for whatever reason, for Evan Swords here, 49 ers sub, like all the art perfectly aligns the funko pops are just right there behind you it looks like it was planned but no jared bailey this week and it worked out for evan swords i've actually i've seen this this view before and i'm like every time i'm like we we gotta just cut one somebody off you know what i mean like it looks so much better like this it looks perfect it looks like you're ready for tv like he's ready for an nfl network hit um that's what evan swords looks like right now so in due time i can't wait for the evan swords when he's allowed on uh national uh sports (laughs) sporting dog if pat mcafee can be on uh i think i can too oh yeah it's great i i'm here for it uh contact evan get him on your show also here of sbnation.com mr jp acosta with his swords I didn't think about the crossover. Evan's swords and JP's swords behind yeah, him on right. this very program. That's right. It's a wonderful crossover of anime and football content. Went and watched the uh, the new Demon Slayer episode on Friday. I am excited, but also terrified about what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been watching Ninja Kamui? Uh, no, I haven't. Watch Ninja Kamui. Like, for real. To it. Have, what about uh what about uh what's the other one solo leveling oh my god i love that show so sick i, I love chase it so let much. me just paint a picture for you real quick solo leveling is a korean it's not called an anime because it's a, what a webtoon or something like that is what yeah. they call them in korea and the entire premise is a there is a, a world where dungeons just started popping up out of nowhere that would take you into like video game dungeons like old mm-hmm. like you know like zelda style dungeons that you go fight in and this dude who's like the weakest fighter on the planet 
like basically becomes a video game character and can start leveling his character up, which nobody else can do mm-hmm. by doing like quests and like working out and all these things. And this dude just starts basically working out all day long and becoming a badass, like as if it was a real video. It's, game. The, it's like a, it's the coolest show. So it's, it's a video game, but it's an anime. It's so dope. Okay. I, have, have you been watching Mashal? Mashal's no. it's such a, it's such a stupid show. Um, what is it? But it's oh great. the muscles. Yes, <laughs> yes. Where okay, Chase, you would like this show. So okay, it's basically the premise of it is if Harry Potter instead of becoming a wizard went to the gym. Instead. Okay, still yeah. with the still if with the Harry Hogwarts. Potter went to the gym. How do you spell this? Mashal M A S H L E. Okay, it's a, everyone has magic powers except for this guy, and all he does is just work out and becomes really strong. So he fights people who have magic powers, and he just works out. Like it looks like dog, MGK now. Everything you we say, like the anime is so dope, dog. It's so it's dope. amazing. It's amazing. Vinland Saga is based in like kind of history and Vikings, but there's also a guy named Thorkel who punched a horse into the air, and it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that second season was trash, though. No, I love the second season. I loved it. It was no, amazing. they made him. They made him Jesus. That's. I feel like it's perfect for where don't we're we eventually a, going to go. Don't we have and, enough enough fake white Jesuses, <laughs> fake white prophets? I I need to know where they're going to go for season three because I think we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit more. That, no, regular. I thought that was done. Mm-mm. Oh, anyways, all right. Well, There's anyways. More. There you go, folks. That those were all just. Uh, th- I hope you're writing those down. That's a lot of recommendations here from Recommendation Station here from JP and Evan on the anime front. But we also have some NFL to talk about here. Um, Evan, I don't want to take credit for this, but I kind of want to take credit for this. I feel like sometimes you just say things, you put them out in the atmosphere. You know that whole thing where you you speak it into existence, right? What I've been speaking into existence for the last two weeks in this very show, I have wanted Bill Belichick to be the DC for the San Francisco 49ers. And I have been shot down on this program the last two weeks, harshly and offensively that many are saying on this show for the last two weeks. Oh, they'd never do it. Kyle will never get one of those guys. You, they won't feel put together the megazord of NFL coaching staffs here with everybody coming together. The best defensive coach of all time with the best offensive coach in the league right now, they would never do it. And yet rumblings this week, could it be Pete Carroll, who you tweeted out about today, who has uh, some free time right now, one of the all-time great defensive coaches as well, and Bill Belichick still rumbling around of like, are we sure that Bill Belichick won't take this one-year flyer to train the next DC for uh, San Francisco going to next year, kind of in like a Georgia Kirby Smart era with Glenn Schumann uh, a couple years ago for the college football heads here? Evan, you're welcome, is all I can say right now, because... Are, are we inching towards Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick actually taking the DC job for San Francisco for one year? Uh, you're going to get Brandon Staley and you'll like it. I don't I'm know like, about this. So they basically, here's, here's my thought. Cause they already announced today after they, everyone's cause they're okay. So 49ers world, a couple mm-hmm. days ago, rumor came out amongst people that the DC had been announced Tim Kawakami had kind of hinted at it. I think people might have just took that and run with it. You had a bunch of 49ers writers that were like, the DC is going to be announced in the next couple hours. 
nothing. Uh, my guess is that they probably interviewed Brandon Staley. They probably interviewed Sorensen, right? These are guys that they they logically we've all thought would be there. But I would imagine they're probably in the background. Colin Bill. Everyone thinks it's Pete. I don't think Pete would be a defensive coordinator. But I do think he might be the more likelihood than Belichick. But my long shot tinfoil hat has been, and I've said this on Twitter, Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick have a fantastic relationship together. Bill respects the hell out of Kyle. They have had conversations. It has been discussed. It has been written about since basically Kyle's first year as a head coach. There is a reason why Bill Belichick, essentially when he realized that he was no longer going to be able to keep Jimmy if he wanted to make Tom Brady happy, called Kyle and said, if you want Jimmy G, it's a second rounder. You have five minutes to to decide peace and he did that because he again he respects kyle the offensive scheme he knows you know he's a very talented coach etc so you know i think they're probably sitting there going okay let's line up you know staley let's line up Sorensen, let's let's get these interviews and we'll go with one of them if we have to but in the back of his mind he's like bill these guys are trash like just or come not be, ready or be, the just, guy Sorensen's not being ready yet just just come be a consultant just be a consultant. We'll give you assistant head coach, just like we gave Anthony Lynn, right? You can be, uh, you know, assistant head coach, or you could even just be defensive consultant, right? Like they did with Vic Fangio on other teams, whatever. Just come on, Bill, come get one more ring so you can tie Tom Brady. Is it the same? Not really, but you know, Hey, Sometimes toxic people, when they have scorned relationships, will go try to have sex with your ex. Oh, wow. I didn't know where this sentence was going. And, okay. and maybe Bill goes, oh, you know what? You got you left and you got a ring. Well, I'm going to go back to your hometown and win a Super Bowl. I, I love this. JP is still good. I, I feel the cold water coming. I feel the ice pouring over this podcast jp is that what's happening here we're being really freaking weird about uh pete carroll first of all what do you mean he took a job within the front office of the seattle seahawks he didn't just stop coaching or stop being around football he yeah, yeah, could have just been off. saving face you know what yeah, I, mean? I just i think that's an easy wiggle out of like i don't I, I that just feels to me like it would be incredibly callous and an incredibly crappy move for Pete Carroll to leave a destination where he basically brought the Seahawks from the, from the ashes Mm -hmm. into being one of the greatest franchises of the 2010s. And for him to just go leave and go to the 49ers after being announced that he would be in the front office as an advisor to Mike McDonald, who he, who they very much respect. Can you, uh, can you imagine like that would defensive, be, or like a front office to I'm going to go coach your rival. I mean, and, what this would be, I mean, is this Richard Sherman factor into this at all? Aren't he and Pete close? Does, and Richard's basically like a Niner guy now. Like it feels Richard like he's transitioned to a Niner guy. It would be bigger than Richard going to the Niners because Pete Carroll, like 
is the Seahawks, you know? Like, yeah. for a generation of fans that are, like, my brother's, like, 19. He was born in 2005. He only knows Pete Carroll as Seattle Seahawks head coach. Like, that's his entire lifetime. That'd be insane. Um, mm-hmm. The Bill stuff, I don't know. I... I don't know if he takes a DC job this year. I think he sits out. I think he pulls a Mike McCarthy. I think hmm. he goes and he just chills for a year, year and a half. Then somebody's going to mess up. Somebody's going to mess up. Mike McCarthy is probably going to mess up. And Bill Belichick will be there waiting. I just he don't Peter know. King had the best idea for them, which is Bill Belichick and Nick Saban should be doing a coach's streamcast for big games this fall together. Like that, should. that should be happening. They should. I would I would pay good money to listen to Bill Belichick and Nick Saban talk like football. Of course they need to have like a good host, like maybe get like a uh like a Chris Fowler, you know? Mm. Let them let uh Chris Fowler kind of host the uh Nick Saban Bill Belichick podcast, kind of let them bounce yeah. ideas off each other. I would pay so much money for that. I'm just saying like Monday night football, like playoff game and just have them do the Manning cast, their own version of yeah. the Manning cast. Oh, I would I'd also watch that. I'd watch yeah. the hell out of that. You could do like a uh, like a little. You know how they had the national championship alternate cast where one yeah. year it was just Texas A and M for some reason and Jimbo Fisher and his entire staff, which mm-hmm. was really lame. A couple of years ago, they had like four, like a bunch of different coaches who played yes. the teams, and I thought that was cool. Just have Nick Saban, and Bill Belichick do it. Yeah, like that'd be awesome. But also, Pete Carroll, I think is the best scenario here because Pete Carroll, that would be brutal. The Seahawks, think, like if Pete Carroll so took that job. Let me just say this though, because I want to shout out Akash. Mm-hmm. We all on a Veronthan, who everyone I think that follows me knows Akash. Um, he made a good point. Pete, when you think of Pete, you think about all the wins against the 49ers, right? He, all the Russell Wilson wins, the NFC championship. But what you re- forget to remember is Kyle's got Pete. Locked yeah, the Kyle's kind like, of like Kyle's got him in a in a little clad bag, <laughs> just carries him around like he is strapped up. Like Kyle has been handing Pete his ass ever since Kyle basically got even a remotely decent team. So unless Pete is coming over to be like, okay, here's my scheme, and Kyle can kind of talk to him and be like, well, here's how I've been handing you your shit for five years, and maybe they can like create some like amalgamation defense scheme i don't know like jp i'm sure you've got something much more intelligent to say about that i think that would be really cool it'd be very funny for pete carroll to go to kyle and be like hey how did you kick our ass for five years or more with just it's still the funniest thing to me kyle shanahan taking the job with uh dan quinn in atlanta just to figure out how to break that defense and then going to San Francisco and repeatedly breaking that defense every single time he got the chance. I think Bill Belichick is obviously like the pipe dream, but the realistic home run hire will be Jeff Ulbrich, the, uh, the Jets yeah. defense coordinator. Comes from, of course, Robert Sala. Comes from that def- that 49ers-style defense. The, ni- the Jets' defensive line is absolutely nasty, and they always get really good play. And hey, hypothetically, you hire Jeff Ulbrich, you might be able to get Bryce Huff too. And Bryce Huff is really good and would be a much different type of pass rusher than the Niners have had in a minute. So I think Jeff Ulbrich would be really good. Don't hire Brandon Staley because 
unless you want to give up six yards a carry, don't hire Brandon. But Diggs. does he actually fit them all? Because like as an outside guy, what's the crossover there with him and Shanny? Do they have a prior relationship? Uh, Brandon Saley and Kyle Shanahan, I'm, none that I think of outside of like facing each other in like 2020. That's what I'm saying. Like, this feels like a Wilkes thing. Like I don't like if you're gonna fire Wilkes, you don't bring in Staley. I don't feel like that solves the problem here. Like you want probably, clearly Shanahan wants a guy. Some that, overlap. Yeah. There's probably mm-hmm. some overlap with McVeigh and well, kind of being the the Godfather of all this. The, the the Staley thing was more so about like people talked about how he was willing to try a lot of different things in his year that when he was the Rams defensive coordinator. Like Staley was like very experimental and i think that might be the thing that wilkes was kind of struggling with of like you want me to not use my own scheme you know like maybe staley will be okay with like kyle wants trying some things but also Hmm. when brandon staley got away from having the greatest defensive player of our generation on the team those defenses progressively got worse so again that team gave up like six yards a carry last year. Like that, he his off his defenses are deliberately built to give up the run, so you don't give up forty yard passes and then end up doing both. I would not hire Brandon Staley in an NFC that's going to have a lot of teams that want to run the freaking ball at you. Like Detroit, Green Bay is going to want to run the ball a lot. I think um, Philadelphia. That's all they do is run the ball and hit you in the face with offensive linemen. I would not touch Brandon Staley at all this year. He needs to go to – he needs to do the Mike McCarthy PFF thing and kind of go chill out somewhere. We shall see. What's your final pick here, Evan? Because it seems like they're going to have a hire before next week's pod, right? When you guess? Yeah, this is by the end of the week. So who's your prediction here? Who's your official one? Sorensen. Okay. JP, what's your what's your pick? I think I'm going to go Sorensen because I think they just promote from within house. I'm going to go. I think it's Ulbrich. I think they actually just pull him from New York. I think that just happens. I think they're able to just pull him. That'd be such a incredibly funny move. It'd be hilarious because Robert Sala really needs something to work in yeah. New York or he is not lasting past uh, past like Halloween. This, up, right. this upcoming season, he he needs to kind of swing for the fences here. And his first big move, losing his defensive coordinator, probably not the best. JP, what should the Bears do with the number one overall pick? Like it was mentioned in the Peter King uh, retirement. Uh, shout out to Peter King, one of the best friend of the program. I'm going to miss reading his Football Morning in America column. Uh, each and every Monday during the NFL season, dating back to the Monday morning uh, column he had at SI that I read over the years and just one of the best. But he had that nugget in there about, hey, like the bear, like he expects, like it wasn't like any inside reporting. It's just based on people he's talked to, I think, that like the Bears are probably going to trade that pick. And you're like, wait, what? Um, but it's in that it's just kind of in there. It's just like it, his sense is that they'll they'll trade it. And it's just like, I think for all of us, we've assumed that they would not trade out of that pick in back-to-back years, but I don't know. You're Ryan Proles here, JP Acosta. What do you do with the number one pick if you're Chicago? If it were me, I am trading Justin Fields. I trade Justin Fields, and all the odds are looking at Caleb Williams as the first overall pick, which is perfectly fine, which is 
him and Drake may are like QB one, a one B. Um, I think getting the QB rookie contract kind of resets the clock for Matt Eberflus in a year where they need to show some, they need to show some improvement on offense. You cannot go in with everything being the exact same. You know, you, you change off as a coordinator. You gotta, you gotta do something different at the quarterback spot. Justin Fields, while incredibly talented, is still a relative unknown. And you're going to have to give that fifth, that fifth year option. You're going to have to do something later on down the line. I, I'd end up trading him. I think the thing now is who is going to trade for him. I think Atlanta wants a draft a quarterback. They want, I think they're more likely going to trade up to try and draft a quarterback rather than uh, trade for Justin Fields. I think Vegas was interesting. Vegas was interesting until they hired Luke Getze. And then I was like, never mind. Um, Pittsburgh would be cool. Arthur Smith would be at Justin Fields. That'd be, that would be cool. Um, outside of that, I mean, the pickings get really slim. Um, you're looking at maybe, depending on what happens with Baker, maybe Tampa. I don't know. Uh, sheesh. I mean, you go around the NFL at this point. Who needs a quarterback that isn't in a spot to pick one? You know, like Minnesota. But I don't know if Minnesota wants to do that trade within the division. They've seen the guy twice already, like for yeah. the last three years, and hasn't been any impressive. So I'm trading the pick. You can also get a, probably at least like a second, fourth, six. Sam Darnold got a second, fourth, and a six. Justin Fields can get that in a deal. And you can build that roster around the future quarterback. Do you do the same, Evan? Do you trade Fields and the pick? Do you just trade Fields and take Caleb or Drake? What do you do if you're Ryan Proles? Taking Caleb Williams, there's nothing mm-hmm. you could do to get make me take Drake May. It's nothing against him. I think he's a good quarterback. I've, obviously, I'm not watching a lot of college football, but from what you're I've seen... You're not grinding the Mac Brown UNC tape? No, Wes man. Walker last year came no, in the middle of the year? Like, hey. uh, I could tell you a lot about Bo Nix. A lot of quick stuff. Uh, I think Bo Nix will be a very good backup. I don't know. Bo Nix is going to be like if Bo Nix was. Bo Nix is going to be every single quarterback that we've seen in the last 15 years. We're like, I don't know. This guy could be it. And then it's Jake Locker, Ryan Mallett. Like just is he Alex Smith? No, No, dude. Alex Smith is a damn good quarterback. Okay. Bo Nix is Baker Mayfield. If they if he didn't have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Dave Canales. So if he goes to a place that doesn't have a Mike Evans. I mean, Baker went number one overall, though. Or Dave Canales. And yeah. And then what happened? He's been on. He was okay in Cleveland. He's been good. He was good this past year in Tampa. Baker's not bad. With Dave Canales. Yeah. Mike Evans. Chris Godwin. If Bo Nix doesn't go to that. Yeah, in the NFL, it's gonna take him a while for him to actually become a starting quarterback. Well, that's the I thing is, like when if he if the Falcons took him at eight, I think he'd be solid. Like with the weapon, that would be have. incredibly stupid of the Falcons. I'm not disagreeing, but I think he wouldn't fail. Like I think he'd well, be okay. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I would have rather Kyle Shanahan 
traded a first and a second round pick for Bo Nix than three first rounds for Trey Lance. Yeah, but that, the Trey Lance. The I think quest, Bo Nix would do really well in Kyle's offense. Again, look, if Brock Purdy can run it, Bo yeah. Nix can probably. Oh, come on. Give the guy some, something. I'm just, I'm just, if. You know what's happened with Niners fans? There's so many parallels to me, and I don't know if you see this because you're a college guy too, JP, but they remind me so much of Georgia, like the early Kirby years at Georgia where they have the best roster every year. The Jake Fromm years. Yes, they're in their Jake Fromm era. And until and then Stetson Bennett's the one who wins the title. So it could be Brock. Like Brock could be their Stetson. Like there's just a lot of parallels to me. To the What I'm saying is the biggest benefactor of Brock Purdy actually being a thing in the NFL is Bo Nix. Yeah. Experienced starter who played a lot in college, not very great athletically, not very great at many things. But if you get him in an offense with a great play caller and the Monstars, you know, it can happen. You know, we'll see. Who do you, who do you think works the most? Um, and like, because this is something you think about the NBA draft all the time and like guys where it's like, if Kawhi doesn't get drafted by the Spurs, like how many different places does he not work out at? And we never see a Hall of Fame type career. I wonder in terms of fit, like if you drop Drake May into any of the 32 teams around the league and you drop Kit Williams into any of the 32 teams around the league, who do you think is more likely to work out on more of those teams? Is it Drake or is it Caleb? So I think they... I think honestly, their their biggest issues are kind of similar, where they are hmm. both too aggressive at times. I think Drake May is a better processor in the short areas of the field, and it just depends on whether you put Caleb Williams' final season on him or on Lincoln Riley and Cliff Kingsbury, which is why I don't want Washington to pick Caleb Williams because you're just sending him back to Cliff Kingsbury, who is a very bad offensive coordinator. Like, he, st- he sucks. He is terrible. Terrible offensive coordinator. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if, like, if you drop them onto any of the 30, 32 teams who would end up being better, I just know it depends on what kind of flavor you want in your quarterback. What are you, what are you looking for? when you want to see like NFL quarterback, I think Caleb Williams is a better creator has better field vision when it comes to maneuvering the pocket. But I think Drake may is more subtle pocket movement. It's the, the little things that Drake may does well on top of being an extremely aggressive downfield thrower. It's, it feels similar to the Justin Herbert 2020 discussion. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they are going to have similar careers or Drake May is Justin Herbert. I'm saying they're kind of similar in play style when they were entering the NFL draft. And the discussion has begot- gotten really similar to Justin Herbert when he was at Oregon because also Justin Herbert's offense at Oregon stunk and Drake May's offense in North Carolina stunk because they didn't have any good receivers. The offensive line sucked and Chip Lindsey was bad. Chip Lindsay's been bad everywhere he's gone. Oh, yeah. I, how does he keep getting jobs? I don't know. Jim Cheney just got the OC job at Georgia State with Del McGee. Hey, look, I, I can't blame him because, look, they're like, what, a week out from spring practice? Some, somebody's got to take the job. 
there is some hilarious corollaries though because jim cheney was the oc at tennessee when tennessee lost at home to georgia state um years ago so there's some there's some crossover there so that's great um evan more interested in how the rams or seahawks try and ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Catch San Francisco next year. Who are you more invested Rams. in this offseason? Rams. The Rams Why had the Rams? an insane draft this year. Hmm. I and like not only that, but Matt Stafford played. I mean, just so much better than I think people are really talking about. Uh, they're scary. Uh, you know, I gotta say, they're all, like the, uh, the NFC West is low key scary again. Like Kyler Murray was honestly like better last year than I think some people gave him credit for too. Um, and they're gonna have some some good opportunity to rebuild that team. But yeah, the Rams. I think the Rams have a better record than the Seahawks for sure. I am curious though about the Seahawks because like, are they just running? So is Gino, is it still going to be Gino? Are we, are we sure? It's it's just Gino. Yeah. Okay. Everything that has come out of Seahawks camp and we'll, we'll know more when the combine starts and they talk, but I would be stunned if they, if they didn't start Gino under center in 2024. And I mean, this is another college thing, but I mean, you saw it twice this fall, Evan. Ryan Grubb, great offensive mind, great college offensive mind. We have no idea how this translates to the NFL. And like, I don't know what how it's going to work with Gino and that wide receiver group, but you bring in the offensive line coach, who was also an excellent offensive line coach at Washington. He's joining the Seahawks. Um, so that should help. And then the Seahawks have obviously invested at the tackle spot really well. Um, the last couple of drafts and Seattle's offensive line moving in the right direction. I don't know. The Rams, obviously, with Puka Nakua and Stafford still being there, they're right there. And Aaron Donald, who, like, is he just running it back? Like, was the retirement stuff now? Like, that just feels like forever ago. And it's just like Aaron Donald is going to keep playing. Like, Aaron Donald just he was, moved he on. He was just playing. He was just playing. Yeah. He was like, ah, never mind. No, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to keep passing these checks. I'm, I'm going to keep going. Like, uh, right? Yeah, I'm just going to keep going. Very quietly, because the Rams had NPCs playing everywhere else outside of him. He was still really good last year. Yeah, like among a very talented crop of interior defensive linemen in the NFL, Aaron Donald and Chris Jones are still two of the best. I, but when you look at next year, who has the better roster going into next year? Seahawks or the Rams? Um, hmm. I think Seattle is top heavy, hmm. but I don't think the Rams have a lot of depth either, which is why this draft is so important. Because it's the first time they'll have a first-round pick in a while. I also think this is the type of this is the year where a Rams-type move happens, where they say, "You know what? F them picks. Go trade." For Who Brian is it Perry. though? Who's the one that would scare Evan the most? Who's the F them picks the Rams could take a swing on? Oh, I think it should be Brian Burns. Hmm. Like if you they mean, if, future forty-niner. Yeah, if Brian Burns gets tagged and the Ram, the Rams have been linked to Brian Burns since like 2022. 
And the yeah. Panthers have kind of been like, I don't want to, we don't want to do this deal. And then people joked about Brian Burns. People joked about Brian Burns going to the 49ers for like the last two or three years. But how many I, defensive linemen do you need, Evan? When I, like, well, I, it's not that here. we need a lot. It's just we need one that can do their. Well, hold on. I mean, you have Chase guys Young. down there. Give Eric Armstead and company some credit. They're over here playing with like what a torn ACL. What did he play yeah, with? Eric Armstead's, Eric Armstead's great, but yeah. No, the, but what just, was it? What was his injury? I remember it was something crazy. What did Eric Armstead play? I think he had a use. Was it UCL like a uh, party or something? He had something in it. I thought it was in his knee where it's just like casually like he played through some crazy injury. And I'm like, what? NFL players are just built differently. The defensive ends opposite Nick Bosa since what? Evan, help me out here. It was it's really been like meniscus. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's just been a ragtag like it's like a revolving door of please your God. It was Drake Jackson, Colin Farrell, Randy Gregory, Chase Young, like. They just need someone Amini- to be a seven out of ten, but consistent. Aminiu was good, but then Aminiu left, and they haven't really been able to find that guy. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think the guy that would move the needle for the Rams would be trading for Brian Burns or Daniel Hunter or a Josh Allen, the Jaguars Josh Allen, not the, not the Bills Josh Allen. Or maybe they sign um, Chase Young. I mean. Sure, that that would be very funny. The one sneaky offensive signing that I think would be very fun. I think we mentioned it before, but they should sign Saquon Barkley. That would be incredibly mm-hmm. fun because Kyron Williams is great, but the offense still needs some punch and needs some explosion. Yeah. You get you keep Kevin Dotson around, played phenomenally at right guard. You sign Saquon and really turn that offense up a notch. And now teams have to seriously worry about that run game while allowing Kyron Williams to be kind of a third down back. And you can let Matthew Stafford feast on loaded boxes because you have to worry about Saquon Barkley and throw to Pukunakua and Cooper Cup. Like that'd be that'd be really fun to me. But I don't know if Saquon goes to the Rams. It'll be cool though. I am uh I I'm here for it, but I also am just here for Ryan Grubb calling out an NFL offense that has DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, yeah. and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I actually think I'm more excited for Mike McDonald calling that defense that hmm. has some interesting players. Like Devin Witherspoon is probably going to be his Arthur Mollette slash Kyle Hamilton, like super nickel spot. Right. It's going to be super fun. Boye Mafe really came into his own last year. Uh, Uchina Nuosu, really fun player. Uh, doesn't get a lot of credit amongst edge defenders but he's really good um quadre Diggs still fantastic they need another corner and safety which i mean jamal adams is going to be a cap casualty um they need a good interior defensive lineman if leonard williams ends up taking the walk so they have a lot of room in the draft to really improve that defense or in the first round you can pick troy fatanu from Washington and be like, Hey, we got your offensive line coach. We got your offensive coordinator come play guard and really, really help shore up this offense. And let's go score 30 points a game. I like it. I like it. Um, JP love it or leave it. Clint Kubiak will save the saints offense. I'm going to hesitantly say leave because while I think Clint Kubiak coming from the Shanahan nucleus will be good for the saints i don't think the saints have a good quarterback 
and mm-hmm. that's going to that's going to weigh them down a lot. I also don't think the Saints have a good offensive line outside of Ryan Ramchek and Eric McCoy. Their first round pick at left tackle, Trevor Penning, has been bad. I think they should probably punt on that. He was not playing in the back half of the season, so I think. In the long run, it might end up being good, but the Saints are so, so deep into the kicking the can down the road. I hate when people say the salary cap is fake or it's not real because the Saints are the living embodiment of what you think, like, oh, the Saints keep making cap space. Yeah, they have to pay they have to pay Derek Carr to play, like, real quarterback snaps and can't go get an offensive lineman because they have so much – they have so little cap space – and they have to let all their good young defensive talent go because they can't re-sign them. So, so when they restructured Carr, what did they actually end up saving? Where did they where where does that help them to do that right now? So right now, uh, the New Orleans Saints are. Let's see, the Saints are thirty-two million dollars over the cap, which is second in the NFL. The Bills are forty million over the cap. That Von Miller contract. Yeah, really bad. Uh. But I don't really see them getting out of it anytime soon because you keep like restructuring Derek Carr and you keep restructuring these guys. And the hope like eventually, like, I guess is like for guys like Cam Jordan and Demario Davis to eventually like call it a career. Do you want them to be career saints? So mm-hmm. the hope is maybe you get off those contracts by them retiring, but I don't really know how you get out of it. Like you, they've built, they've made this bed and now they have to lay in it for at least a few more years. What do you think, Evan? I don't care. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that is very fair. That's I, very I just fair. don't care. It's not like, like something that really moves the needle for me. I mean, like I agree with everything that JP says. And obviously that's not like adding much to the equation, but like, you know, I don't care. What do you think, Chase? I think it's a scary hire as a Falcons fan because I think Clint Kubiak is actually like they've been doing the Pete Carmichael thing for so long. And I was uh, like, I would have rode that train for a little bit longer. Like as a Falcons fan, that was nice. Like the Saints did not scare the Falcons last year. Let me let me reiterate this. I feel like the Falcons have been making mid non needle moving decisions basically since they lost the Super Bowl. I don't think that they've done a single thing that actually helps them compete in a serious manner. And like, I just don't, I don't know that I can really care about the Falcons until I see one move that t- makes me think that they're a serious team. Well, it's going to happen this spring because they're doing something bold at the quarterback. You know spot. what they can do is they can try and hire people that are actual coaches. Don't hire I mean, a billionaire son in Arthur Smith. Well, Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson and company, this is a good staff. You know how you don't really re- like rebound from a, a bad few seasons by hiring a former ex head coach that didn't cut it. Like Ooh. I like Raheem. Raheem is young. Raheem got that job when he like he started the Bucks. What was he? He was something thirty, thirty, late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, it was no, super, super young. He, I mean, I get it, I get it, I get it. But like, I'm just saying, everything that we've watched in the NFL for the last thirty years has stated that what the Falcons have done won't work. Do I, I mean, want you could Raheem say the last Morris 60 to be successful? Years. 1966 was in this 
uh, franchise like, started. What, listen, man, I would love to get on this podcast with you every Monday and have you be excited. Having you get on this podcast every Monday and like trying to gas up Tennessee football is exhausting. Mm-hmm. I want you to have the Falcons play f- good football. So I can it's move just, on. Oh, you want me to gas up the Falcons? No, I just want you to be happy with your football team. And it just, it's, it's just I don't been. think it's going to happen anytime soon. I actually am kind of excited about Raheem Morris and Zach Roberts. I think they he's made some good hires. I, I agree. Truly, I truly do wonder what the quarterback decision is because if they really are going to trade up for a guy, how high are you going? If you're if you're going to trade up, I would say screw it, trade all the way up. Go to yeah. two or go to one. Don't don't half don't half ass it. You know you need you need to get. At least to New England at three. You need to convince New England to, for some reason, think they don't need to take. I think if they go to three, they want May. If they go to two, they want Jaden, is my gut. So I I think, I think they want Jaden to fall to Atlanta, which would mean. Who's they? I think the Falcons. Want okay. May to fall, to, not May, but Daniels to fall to Atlanta. I think they want New England to go Marvin Harrison Jr. at three. Mm. And then that kind of forces Arizona to go, either we take the next best receiver, which is perfectly fine here, or we trade out of that. Yeah. And then that's where Atlanta can probably jump and go, hey, we'll just go pick a quarterback here. We'll go pick Daniels. Because if you remember, Raheem Morris interviewed Cortez Hankton the LSU mm. receivers coach. Now co OC. Uh, yeah. Again, I think now that he's co OC, I think that meeting was not only for Daniels, but it was for Malik Neighbors and Brian yeah. Thomas Jr. If any of those guys, like if Atlanta wants to trade back, Brian Thomas Jr. is interesting there. But Malik Neighbors in that offense would be awesome. Like, and also that wouldn't the- surprise me. If they stay there at eight, I would actually probably bet on it being a receiver or somebody like Malik neighbors. Yeah. And then they sign Kirk it, in the off season. I think it just depends. I think if the rumors are true that Atlanta wants a, to draft a quarterback, I think you got to go up to two or three or even one trade up to one. Well, I don't half ass it. Go. If you think Chicago's going to trade that pick, go up and yeah. get, go up and get the first overall pick, go draft Caleb Williams. And let's, let's really turn this thing up. That'd be fun. I'm, I might get it season tickets. Like I might just fit. Like I might be in. I'm honey. Um, that would be a move. We're making the three and a half hour trip again. Uh, I'll see you Monday morning at 6 a.m. But uh, I got to go see Caleb and Kyle and company. Uh, that would be know. a move. That would be mm-hmm. a move. Yeah. That would be a serious move. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I think any of the top three you move up is a serious move. But hey, I, hey, I also hey, don't let, want Jane Daniels. Say, let me just say the world Jane's of top scared. three is, is not exactly as happy and bright as you think it might be i don't know i just want to be here number three has been has done well for the falcons i don't know if you knew this or not but matt ryan was taking a number three and he's the best falcon of all time so hey dude if you could get matt if you could get matt ryan that'd be great yeah it'd be really fun i would enjoy that i would enjoy 12 years of stability and pseudo contention that was nice it was a fun time if they stay at eight and take jj mccarthy that would be fun in 2025. Yeah. I don't think it would be fun this year because you're you, probably. No, first off, it would be fun in week seven of this year when Ritter 
gets benched and they just force him on there and there's would, no there's no like expectations. Fun. It'd be fun from like week seven to week nine where it's like, hey, we got something, and then you remember this guy's not ready yet. But right. you know what yeah. I hope happens that I think actually might happen is a Ritter for Stetson Bennett swap. I would laugh. I would genuinely laugh my ass off. I think that's the play. I would laugh so hard, but JJ is a Shanahan quarterback. By all, by all, like positives, negatives, he is the Shanahan quarterback. Like that's you just can't take him at eight. (laughs) I think he's going to go a lot higher than uh, he's going to go top ten. You just can't do it. I can't sign up. If you're taking JJ, then you have to sign Kirk. Like that's the that's what I'm at. Like you have to sign Kirk because you cannot roll out JJ McCarthy. Oh, I think they're gonna. I think if they take JJ, they're gonna punt on this year and be like, let's go, let's go be good in 2025. I just don't. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see on the Arthur Bank front. Uh, Evan, one big move you'd like to see San Francisco make this offseason is what? Brian Burns. I mean, like literally. I mean, so I mean, they have a lot of cap space with this new adjustment, and I think when you see, like, you know, we got players leaving, players are free agents. Like, I mean, I hate to be that guy because I can see every other fan of every other football team just like, what more do you need? What more do you need? But like, when you're when you're in this position, when you're so close and you keep knocking at the door. Like you have to just keep making those moves until something works or it doesn't work and it blows up. Like there is no other option, right? They have Brock Purdy on that rookie contract still. I wish I dog, I mean, not to, you know, go back on old things, but like Chase Young should have been it. That little lazy bastard. Like Chase Young should have been it. But you know, whatever. Uh now he played well in the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna lie. They traded for the wrong Bears defensive end. They really did. I just... Yeah, so there there has to be a move. Uh, They have to use that cap space. I think they can get creative. I think they can restructure contracts. Uh, You know, they got to pay Brandon Ayuk. I think they can offset that with, like, the last four years. I don't know anything about the cap, but I know Prague is very smart when it comes to those things. So that's kind of where my head's at. But, like, you know, I get it. I get every other fan. Like, what else does this team need? Like, how much more are you going to ask for? Well, you know, as long as you pay Patrick Mahomes or play Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, it's everything you could humanly need and more. So leave us alone. And even then, it might not be enough. But uh, I think the the move that would really intrigue me for 49ers, um, outside of, the obvious def- another defensive end is signing Legereus Sneed. I think that would that would give them Sneed and Traverius Ward on the outside, and you can legitimately pr- play that aggressive quarter style defense where you have two guys who can press and be physical at the line of scrimmage and dare teams to throw at you. That way, like Traverius Ward's good, but you can move him to CB two. And Legereus Need can be the the alpha dog top corner. So guys have to throw at Charvarius Ward now. You know, so with Chris Korosek still being the defensive line coach, I think you can not say you can bargain bin another good defensive lineman, but 
I think this defensive line class is – I think the edge class in the NFL draft is very interesting. I think this defensive line class is going to be very interesting, even outside of the top guys. So I would go after Legereus Need. Okay. I like it. Uh, final thing here. JP, Mike Evans, does it make more sense for him to stay in Tampa Bay and re- uh, – and uh, re-sign with the Bucks, or do you think he it would be wise for him to spread his wings? And if he does go somewhere else, where would you like to see Mike Evans wind up? This is really difficult because I don't think I could see Mike Evans anywhere else other than Tampa. I mean, he's had a thousand yards in every year of his career as a hmm. Buccaneer. Like that's that's incredible longevity and high standards of play at the position. But they can't pay everybody. You know, Baker is going to get paid. Antoine Winfield Jr. is probably going to get the tag. Levante David might end up walking. Devin White is a free agent. So you probably have to replace both inside linebackers. Somebody, Somebody's going to end up not getting, not getting their money. And it might end up being Mike Evans. I mean, the obvious one is Kansas City here, right? Like, it's that's the, that's the obvious I don't think that, I don't think it is. You know, I think that's, the obvious one is. What's the obvious one? Buffalo. Mm. I don't think Buffalo has the money. Buffalo would have to. What if they move on? Stephon Diggs. You know, hey, as much as the Niners are trying to find a way to beat the Chiefs, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to try and find a way to beat the Chiefs, and they get, they got to swing heavy. I think the Bills would seriously have to restructure a lot of contracts and get rid of a lot of, if you sign Mike Evans, that means Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde are not coming back. You, hmm. Somebody is not going to be able to get paid. Von Miller's going to have to restructure. Will they be able to, I Miller might just get released. Title? Like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to do it. I think that's the sleeper team that I would really like to see Mike Evans on is Detroit. I think mm. Detroit with Mike Evans would really be awesome because they actually need an outside receiver that actually does something other than jet sweeps like Jamison Williams. And Mike Evans can be that outside guy. And then you're in the red zone and you're like, do we, how do we defend this Lions team in the red zone? You know, like it would be really fun. But ultimately, like if it's not Tampa, I think Kansas City is the move here. I think that is the, oh, that's a Kansas City Chief signing. Lad McConkey got mocked to Kansas City at the end of the first. And when I saw this weekend, I'm like, Lad would eat in Kansas City's uh, wide receiver room. I think Lad McConkey would be fun. Um, A.D. Mitchell, if he falls, mm-hmm. that would be a, that'd be a Chiefs pick. Um, Keon Coleman would be very cool in that offense. Honestly, what about Mike like, Evans in Jacksonville? Don't you need a guy like Mike Evans? So the thing with Mike Evans and Jacksonville is you have to choose between Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley. Now, me personally, I'm taking Mike Evans 11 times out of 10. But I don't know if the Jaguars front office believes the same way. I would love Mike Evans in Jacksonville, but I'm not going to talk myself into believing Mike Evans will be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Okay. It'd be good though if you like. I I'm not saying you should like. I'm affected great. by what you do with Calvin Ridley, but JP, I have a vested interest in what the Jaguars do with Calvin Ridley this offseason. It'd be great. It'd be awesome if they signed Mike Evans. But I'm a Jaguars fan, and I have been disappointed before. I'm not going to get my hopes up this time. Um, as for the Calvin Ridley front, 
I think the most likely thing is Calvin Ridley gets re-signed, but it'll be after the league year starts, so the Jaguars only give that third-round pick to Atlanta. Like they I like can, it. They can skirt around that. JP, what can the good folks check out from you all across the internet this week, sir? So heading up to the NFL Combine, I got a story coming out about how to watch the NFL Combine as a smart NFL fan, telling you what matters at the Combine, why it matters, why the bench press is an antiquated test of strength when it comes to judging NFL like movement skills. And outside of that, I'll be tweeting, I'll be writing about what happens at the Combine, some winners and losers, and just overall things I'm looking at. There you go. Evan, are you still benching? You said last week you got hurt benching uh, a few years back and you don't do it anymore. Are you benching again or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we do like different variations. Like we do incline bench, bench. We do like different like speeds. Like we'll do heavy, but like with like a four second drop. We'll do like this last block. We did like six reps, four reps, three reps, and then six reps, four reps, three reps again, like heavier weight as you go down. I don't know. It's very whatever. So it's like a very, there's a lot of different things. I'm not just doing 10 reps bench every day. Okay. I, you're just, you seem like it's almost like a CrossFit type thing when I see what you're doing. No, there. it's literally the opposite of CrossFit. Oh, it's, well, it's literally like, that's why they don't call me the workout guy. It's the workout offseason connoisseur. training program for football players. Oh, like my head strength and training coach that plans all of the workouts months in advance was the head strength and training coach at USC football and West Point football. Oh, so it's literally like it is the offseason program for uh, football players. It's like how you get like stronger, like you add strength. JP, when the world goes to hell and we're like on our own, we're going to San Francisco or going to L.A. to go hide with Evan. He'll keep us alive for a little bit longer. What are you talking about? JP's like s- seven times stronger. I'm saying JP is coming with us. I, I'm going to ride on JP's back like a like a turtle shell from the yeah. Ninja Turtles <laughs> and just hide. <laughs> we'll have to be like the uh, yeah, stack us on top of each other like Russian nesting dolls. There you go. Or like uh, uh, the uh, Bojack Horseman uh, with the, the big. No, 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 like literally, like literally, I will just be like straight up. Imagine like. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to be like Nezuko in Demon Slayer. <laughs> you can just carry me in a backpack. Carry in a little box. <laughs> oh, dog. You just carry me in a backpack. I come out when it slide out. Oh, uh, you know what? Hey, break. hey, Chase. I hope that one day we can convince you to watch like a a quick anime, something easy. Okay, you never know. Might happen. We'll see. It might happen. Evan Swords, JP Acosta. Thank you as always, and I'll talk to y'all next week. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you 
that you're interviewing, mm-hmm. your um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.